0: But in the second half of your cycle, so after ovulation and throughout your period, so in your luteal phase and then your menstrual phase, the second half, your metabolism speeds up, and this is because of the increase in progesterone. Progesterone boosts your metabolism. But if you do cardio and hit and stuff and really intense. Hello and welcome to the Feminine As Fuck podcast. I'm your host, Monica Yates, a period and women's life coach, where I help women to harness the power of their period and connect back to their true superpowers. In these episodes, we'll be talking about all things periods, vaginas, hormones, women's health, sex, confidence, food, femininity, and all the stuff that goes through our heads. You will walk away from each episode with new nuggets and truth bombs, as I don't seem to have a filter and I love talking about all the shit that people are too afraid to say, but everyone is thinking. Hello, my friends. We are back with another epic episode with Monica. Monica. I don't know why I talk to myself as a third person, but it happens. I'm so excited to be back here. I freaking love podcasting. I love talking. Um, yeah, if you haven't already figured out that I love talking, then I don't really know what to say. Um, firstly, what I want to say is thank you all so much for your amazing feedback. If you, um... If you're loving the podcast, please, please, please give me a rating um, and a review on iTunes because I really bloody appreciate it and it helps more people find it, which you already know because everybody says that on their podcast, but I really mean it. I'd be really, 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 really grateful if you would please um, just take two seconds out of your day to um, write a little something for me, um, but to everybody that's been reposting, like uh, like, screenshotting um, them watching, them listening to me, and then putting it on the Instagram story and tagging me. I really am appreciating it. It's helping more women find me, which means more women learn about this stuff. So thank you so much for all of your support with doing that. Um, I was going to mention something and I forgot. Oh, I'm back. I got it. So what I wanted to quickly say was, I did a poll the other day on my Instagram story, and it was about um, just like... I'm going to, before I record a podcast on a certain topic, I'm going to give you guys 24 hours to write your questions in about that topic. So keep an eye out for that. If you aren't already following me on Instagram, I recommend you do so because then you'll get your questions answered in the podcasts. Um, My... Username is called Monica Yates, it's not called, it is, Monica Yates Health, Um, and yep, so keep an eye out for that, and I'd appreciate if you could send me the questions, because then I make make sure I answer them, but also make sure that you send me questions relevant to that topic, not something else random um, for that particular Instagram story, but then send me your suggestions in other Instagram stories and whatever you like. Anyway, that was a total ramble. And to just finish up the ramble, um, if you are in New York City, I would really love for you to come to my bye-bye period problems uh, workshop talk sort of thing at Thinks in Soho on the 23rd of February. I would love to see some friendly faces, and I would really love the support. And if you've got any friends that do live in New York, I would also love it if you are able to share the message with them, um, and all the details are in my description. Okay, today we are going to talk about exercise and Hormones, because it is getting to the point where I'm kind of getting a little bit insane with, um, not getting a bit insane, but it's it's becoming more and more prevalent how many women are exercising their asses off, expecting results, and either not seeing them or they plateau, and they don't get why, or they get results physically, but their hormones go completely out of whack. So today we're going to be talking about all about. Today we're going to be talking about all about. That was quite a mouthful. Today, we're going to be talking about exercise and hormones and the effect that exercise, both good and bad, can have on your hormones and how women are so fucking different when it comes to men. So the first thing I want to say about the difference between men and women is that the studies um, done on like nutrition and exercise and food and all that sort of stuff, they are done on men, okay? Because the reason for this is that um. When they're doing studies and whatever, women actually fuck up the stats and the results because our metabolism's change throughout our monthly cycle, throughout our you know throughout ovulation and our period, the luteal phase, the you know the change in our hormones actually affects our metabolism, our resting our metabolic rate. So we actually can throw off the statistics and the numbers and stuff when they're doing studies on exercise and nutrition. So those studies that you read about intermittent fasting and hit exercise, they are done. Predominantly on men, okay? So I want you to first consider that women have different needs at different times in their cycles because of our hormones and because of our metabolism. And this is what I'm gonna be talking about today. Bottom line is, we need more bio individuality. Every single one of us is different. It is so important to be listening to your hormones, other stresses in your life, what your subconscious is saying, how your sleep is, what your food is like, whether you're traveling, what your toxic load is like, all of these different things. Also, need to come into play when you're considering what sort of exercise should I be doing, how much exercise should I be doing, and how often should I be doing it. They're really, really important factors. There is no one size fits all for everything. And let's also throw in there what I enjoy doing because exercise should not be this, like, I have to do it. It should be an enjoyable thing because if you're, you know, throwing yourself to the gym and you're like pushing yourself together, that, that's stressful enough. And we don't want to be adding stress into our lives, which you will find out about today. Okay. Basically, the key thing is in this whole debate about exercise and hormones and women and stuff is that we're being sold shit. We we as women are being sold absolute shit, okay? So clearly, you're listening to my podcast because you're dedicated to your health and you want the best for yourself and you want to grow and you want to learn. But what you're doing right now isn't working. It ain't fucking working. You're probably not having a problem of low low motivation. You've got the motivation, you've got the willpower, but what you are trying isn't working or it has worked and now it's stopped and you've either gone backwards or you're not seeing the results you were seeing in the beginning. So firstly, um, in the first half of your cycle, which is after your period and before ovulation, oh, I'm going to sneeze. Is it coming? No, it's not coming. Okay. In the first half of your cycle, your metabolism works as a way where you burn more fat and build more muscle okay that's how your metabolism is working okay because your metabolism is slower in the first half of your cycle compared to the second half of your cycle so if you're doing hit or cardio that's fine because you'll burn more fat and build more muscle that's great. But in the second half of your cycle, so after ovulation and throughout your period, so in your luteal phase and then your menstrual phase, the second half, your metabolism speeds up. And this is because of the increase in progesterone. Progesterone boosts your metabolism. But if you do cardio and hit and stuff and really intense throw yourself into the fucking deathbed sort of exercise, and let's be real, a lot of that hit stuff, you really feel like you might feel great after because of the adrenaline hit, but during it, you kind of feel like you're dying. Um, so if you're doing that cardio and hit stuff during your second half of your cycle, you'll actually gain weight and lose muscle mass, and you will undo the results that you got in the first half of the cycle. Okay, so the best exercise to be doing in the second half of the cycle is body weights and uh, is body weight stuff and resistant exercises, Pilates, yoga, low intensity things, and you will not gain fat you will not lose the muscle tone that you got in the first half of your cycle you will actually hold on to it compared to if you do the same thing that you did the first half of your cycle in the second half of your cycle then you'll undo the results you did the first half of your cycle okay so in the second half of your cycle your ideal workout time is no longer than 30 minutes whereas in the first half of your cycle your exercise time can be an hour it can be up to an hour okay? But in the second half of your cycle, if you do over 30 minutes, it will trigger fat gain and that muscle wasting that you do not want. So this is why this is, this shit's really freaking important, okay? And sometimes, like I say to my clients and what I say to myself, sometimes a nap can actually be the best exercise to do, because if you are stressed, if you are tired, you are going to be pumping out more cortisol during that exercise time. So you're better off having a nap to recalibrate your body, to lower your cortisol, to allow yourselves to regenerate, to lower inflammation rather than go out and do a hard session at the gym. So if you're really exhausted, have a nap that is a lot better for your body and you are going to get better results physically than if you slog yourself at the gym okay? Just like athletic men and women and whatever, more so men, because a lot of women that are athletes tend to lose their period, generalization, but a lot of them do, um, because of the amount of exercise they're doing. So let's just say, let's just talk about men for a second. Athletic men, you know, that are training for like the Olympics or the marathon or whatever, they have to train in a very, very specific way to get the results that they want, correct? Correct. So We need to do the same thing. If we want results, we need to train according to our metabolism, according to the times in our cycle we need to rest, and according to other things in our lifestyle that are going to affect our ability to exercise, how well we can exercise, and the results that we can get and that we want to get, okay? So historically women have kind of been left out of the nutrition and exercise research like I said before because of our cycle and the effect that it has on our metabolism so it messes with the data and therefore it's just easier to leave out but it's because of these changes in our cycle that we need to understand how to exercise for the best results and this is something that I would just love to hear I know that there's a few PTs out there that do this but to hear about more PTs that train women like this would be incredible to understand that at this time of your cycle we need to be doing this weights at this time your cycle, this way. One, it's way easier on the woman's body, and so she'll actually feel more motivation because she's not going to feel depleted, and secondly, she's going to get the results she wants faster and with way more ease. So um, the other thing is that in the second half of your cycle, also called your luteal phase, That during that phase, research has shown that women actually fatigue faster during workouts and need more recovery time. So that's another thing to be consider considering during your luteal phase. Am I giving myself adequate recovery time? Am I pushing myself too much through my cycle? I know, for example, for me, I won't push myself as hard in my luteal phase and and when I have my period for exercise. When I have to go to rehab for my leg, if you don't know, oh, I need to do an episode on my ski accident. Let me write that down. I'll write that down in a second. I need to do an episode on my ski accident, don't I? I might do that actually today. Um, I know that when I have to go to do rehab stuff and with my physio, I will not be able to lift as heavy weights when I'm coming out to my period because my my I fatigue more easily and I don't feel as strong. And that's okay. It doesn't mean I'm weak. It means my estrogen is lower than what it was in the first half of my cycle and my energy is a little bit lower. And that is totally normal. And don't confuse it with common and normal. Being a bit tired around your period is actually normal. It's not like something's wrong with you. No, no, no. If you are like butt-fuck exhausted all the time, you'd be looking at an iron or a thyroid problem or vitamin and nutrient deficiencies. But if you're just a little bit tired because your period, totally normal. So don't worry about that. So... We also know that our resting metabol- metabol- me- God, I can't say the word our resting metabolic rate decreases during the follicular phase, which is the first half of your cycle. Okay, so your metabolism is slower in the first half of your cycle. So during this time, like I said at the beginning of the episode, during this time, high intensity workouts and more like running and that sort of stuff. That actually serves as a counterbalance to slow metabolism. So it's helpful. It helps to speed up your metabolism. So that's totally fine. It's fine for your body to do. It's supportive and it's working with your body as opposed to against it. So since you have a slow metabolism recap, since you have a slow metabolism in the first half of your cycle, you have the power to speed it up and lose weight and gain muscle by doing more intense workouts. This does not mean that you have to do high intensity. This does not mean you have to go run. I do not like that much high intensity. I actually, I've been craving running because I haven't been able, I actually haven't been able to run. So therefore I've been craving the ability to go for a run if I want to, but I can't, I'm not there yet with my leg. I look like a freaking heffalump trying to run down the street. I look like an absolute moron. Anyway, um, I'm like throwing myself because my, anyway, we won't go there. We'll talk about it in my skiing accident episode. I definitely need to do that. Um, anyway, so um, is it, this, this does not mean by any means that you have to do this sort of workout in the first half of your cycle. This means that if you enjoy doing, keyword enjoy, if you enjoy doing this sort of exercise, then the first half of your cycle is the time to do it and it is definitely not the time in the second half of your cycle because you will undo undo the results and or you will get burnout and or you will get hormonal imbalance six months down the track. Um, I'm going to talk about intermittent fasting in a second. Um, so... The other thing I want to mention is your insulin sensitivity, okay, also increases during the follicular phase and decreases in the luteal phase. So in the first half, also, this this is another reason why it's better to do the more intense workouts because your insulin sensitivity is increased, all right? Um, and with that, um, as estrogen and testosterone decreases in your luteal phase, so remember that in your first half of your cycle, in your follicular phase, your estrogen levels increase, then they drop off right before ovulation, and then they go much lower and progesterone rises shit tonne high. Well, it should anyway, but for a lot of women it doesn't. So in your luteal phase, as your estrogen and testosterone lower and it's at their lowest, your energy does too, okay? So what actually happens is your calorie intake needs to go up. I know I'm not about calories in, calories out. I just mean you can eat more food because your metabolism also increases, and as a result, your workouts need to decrease. Now, that is a mouthful. I'm going to repeat it. So estrogen and testosterone lower in the second half of your cycle in your luteal phase. And therefore, your energy does too. As a result, your need for food increases, your metabolism increases, and your workouts need to decrease. I'm just going to let that sit for a second. So, first half of of your cycle before ovulation, after your period, so from the last day of your bleeding to right before ovulation, that is the time to do the more intense workouts. And from after ovulation to... During throughout your period to the last day of your bleed, that's the time to do low intensity workouts like Pilates, yoga, walks, stretches, naps. We're going to include naps as exercise for the sake of my argument, okay? But what I want to say about estrogen is that if you have estrogen dominance, exercising hard all the time will backfire like fuck. So if you have estrogen dominance, which let me say a lot of women do. And if you go back to my second episode about period problems, you will understand a little bit about estrogen dominance, and I'm going to do more episodes on it, do not fret, but if you have estrogen dominance, and I have done YouTube videos on this and stuff, if you have that... Exercising all the time, so even in just the first half of your cycle, it will backfire, and then you won't get the results that you want. So if you have estrogen dominance, you need to lower exercise altogether. You want to be taking more naps. You want to be looking after your body by um, monitoring the food that you're having, the supplements, how your liver is going, and doing more low-intensity stuff that's not stressing your body out. So more yoga, more Pilates. Love reformer Pilates, and reformer Pilates is so effective. You get such amazing results, such good for. T- so good for toning. Long walks, that sort of stuff is way better for estrogen dominance, okay? Something else that I want to mention, ladies, is that every time you exercise, you are stressing your body out. So if your adrenals are already working in overdrive, if you are already stressed from work, from lack of sleep, from all that stuff, when you go and exercise, that's also stressing your body out. Of course, a little bit of stress is great on your body, but if you have had a fucking stressful day and then you go and push yourself at the gym, your adrenals are just going to be starting to pump out adrenaline now this is a key difference if you feel like after your workout you are tired you aren't full of energy and you feel tired later in the day as a result of doing that workout that is because your adrenals have been working too hard okay it is oh, there's a really amazing PT I'm going to try and find her name and I'll mention it in another um, podcast she also talks about this that especially for women that exercising when you are really stressed is not the way to go because your body will start to store fat as opposed to burn it. Just think about it, remember, when your body has a lot of cortisol, it starts to store fat as a protective mechanism because it thinks you are running from a saber tooth tiger. So it wants to protect you, it wants to allow your lungs and your kidneys and your liver and stuff to be able to feed off the fat around your midsection in case you can't access food or in case you're too busy running away from the saber tooth tiger that you can't hunt for food. That's what your body is doing. So if you continue to exercise when you are already stressed and when your body is releasing a lot of cortisol and you are not focusing on stress reduction, you will not get the results that you want and or you will throw yourself into hormonal havoc. So side note with that one. And I also want to, um, I'll touch on intermittent fasting actually in a second. So let me just explain to you ladies why exercising all the time isn't ideal. Okay. So when you get your heart rate up, you burn through glucose but only for about 30 minutes, and then your body starts to pump out cortisol, which converts your fat cells into blood sugar, so you have the energy to keep working out, which we think is great, right? That is great, except if you have estrogen dominance, and then the excess estrogen tells your body to convert any leftover sugar back into fat. So instead of burning fat, you get stuck in an ugly cycle, a vicious cycle actually, of burning stored fat with cortisol, and then your high estrogen levels send it right back all to the wrong places. Does this make sense? So instead of burning fat, you get stuck in a vicious cycle of burning stored fat with cortisol. So then your high estrogen levels send it right back all to the wrong places. So what happens is instead of you burning fat when you're exercising with estrogen dominance, that's not what your body hears. It's not what's communicated. What happens is all your high estrogen levels, so all the estrogen in your body, continue to send all of the fat back into the wrong places. So each student dominance and exercise needs to be a carefully curated, what's the word, like expedition. It needs to be, it's a crafted art and it needs to be carefully monitored by yourself and you know yourself best. If you listen to your intuition, it will give you the right answers, okay? So walking, for example, is ideal for any phase and anyone because we are designed to walk we are designed to walk, you are not pumping out a ton of cortisol, your heart rate isn't through the roof. it's a really healthy, amazing form of cardio, and you're using your whole body, it's not hard on your joints, it's not going to create too much inflammation. For PCOS people, because this is probably a question that will come up, what if you have really long cycles and you don't know where you are in your cycle? So for people with PCOS, you either are before ovulation, like wherever you are in your cycle, you're either before ovulation or you're after ovulation. So that's where you need to... Um, just sort of exercise from. If you haven't yet ovulated, then, then you are in your first half of your cycle, even though it's long, you're in your first half. And if you have ovulated, then then you're in your second half of your cycle. So if you have really long cycles because of PCOS, which can I just also side note that you can fix so that you can get a cycle that have, happens every 29, 30 days. And many of my clients have gotten there. So don't think that this is a be all and end all. If you have a 40 or 50 day cycle, we can get it to where you want it to be or where it should be. Um, So if you have PCOS, you're either before ovulation or you're after ovulation. And that's where you want to be exercising from. So recap, before ovulation, you are able to do more intense workouts. You can go for long, you can work out for longer, you can work out past that 30-minute mark. But after ovulation, you want to be doing low-intensity stuff, Pilates, yoga, long walks, stretching, naps, um, and doing things for um, around that 30-minute mark and not going for too much over. I prefer sometimes in my little your face to even do two smaller workouts rather than pushing myself um, if I'm not feeling like it. And lately, actually... I've been uh, a bit more tired and a bit more like run down than usual. Not fully run into the ground because I'm really good at monitoring it, but my workload's been amazing um, lately in a fantastic way and I just freaking love it. Um, But I have been sleeping longer. I've actually been sleeping in and skipping workouts and I've been doing a workout in the middle of the day instead or in the afternoon, which I've actually been loving and it can be really supportive to your adrenals. So I also recommend you ladies try that. That if you feel like you're working out in the morning and you're quite tired, then you sit down at your desk and you're like, oh my God, I need a nap then I would really stop the morning workouts. i do a little bit of stretching or something, a little bit of yoga to wake you up, like 10 minutes. But then I would actually work out in the afternoon. And I know for some people, you're like, if it doesn't get done in the morning, it doesn't get done at all. This is where you need to know your why. What's your why? Is your why because you want to feel good and you know that after doing some Pilates or after doing a walk or after doing a workout or going to yoga, you're going to feel actually amazing and you're going to be able to work that night and get more work done? For me, that's my why. That's, that's what makes me and helps me get to the gym and the afternoon. And because I love doing it, I feel good when I'm doing it and I feel amazing afterwards. And it's something that it's ticked off my to-do list. And um, I know that it's really good for my circulation to move my body and I'm not killing myself. I'm doing it from a place of love. So that's where you need to know. And if you have that down pat, if you've worked that into your psyche, then it won't be a problem for you to get to the gym in the afternoon if you have it already a bit in the morning. Um, And it's also knowing why, like I know I haven't gone in the morning because I don't want to burn myself out. So I know that I will want to go in the afternoon and I do want to go in the afternoon because it's supportive to myself and I know it's really good for my body. So, um, that's a note also for anybody with hypothalamic amenorrhea, for anybody with any sort of adrenal fatigue or burnout, or that is feeling a little bit low at the moment, like they've pushed themselves a bit hard in January. I, I captain, I'm in that same boat. Um, then then maybe swapping up your workout times would be really ideal for you and it's definitely worth trying because I've been kind of enjoying it this week. Um, so... Another thing I guess is just like depending on what sort of workouts you're doing, how you're doing them and when you're doing them, it really depends on whether you've got any sort of hormonal imbalance, any adrenal fatigue and what other stresses are in your life. So if you are missing your period, if you have horrendous periods, if you have really bad estrogen dominance, whether it's it's you have the combo of high estrogen, low progesterone or you've got um, you know, high oestrogen is very relative to progesterone, or whether you've got low progesterone and normal oestrogen, or whether you have normal progesterone but really, really high oestrogen, either of those combos, you're still needing to also really be supportive of your progesterone and what your storage like is for that. And remember, ladies, that every time your body secretes cortisol, it's tapping into your progesterone stores. So any hormonal imbalance um, where you've got low progesterone, the bad PMS, the moodiness, the fatigue, the b- really bad bloating, the fluid retention, all that jazz that you get um, in that week before your period, they're all signs of low progesterone. I have a blog post actually about low progesterone and I'll link it in the show notes. Um, so make sure you check out that. But if you have low progesterone, slogging yourself at the gym is really not supportive for your body. If you have inflammation if you have really bad periods, slogging yourself at the gym is not helpful for your period. Remember, ladies, that your period isn't just something that like, you know, oh, you can't be like, oh, okay, today is my first day of bleeding, so now we'll stop exercising. No, no, no. It is a cycle and it is a buildup. So what you are doing the three months before your period will affect your period that you have today. So the period that you have, say, in January will be affected by December, November, and October, is that before November? Yeah, in October. Those are the months that will affect the period that you have in January because it takes 90 days for your follicle to come round into ovulation. So you cannot just start taking turmeric the day of your period to quote-unquote lower inflammation because it's about the whole buildup. It's actually about the prostaglandins that have been formed leading up to this period. So it's really important that you are supportive to your cycle all the time, not just the week of your period because that will do jack shit. It is something that you need to put into your life. It is a part of your lifestyle. It is an amazing part of being a woman. And once you understand this, so keep listening to my podcasts and my YouTube's, and enjoy my programs. Once you understand all of this stuff, it's so empowering because you just know how to do life. It's like biohacking your cycle for the ultimate productivity, health, you know, fitness results, mental health, uh, emotional health, all that sort of stuff. So That is sort of like the understanding of exercise, that there is a thing like too much exercise, but also more importantly, exercise is a stress. So exercising too much is going to throw your hormones out of whack. Doing high-intensity exercise, I don't do any high-intensity exercise besides maybe a little bit of accidental stuff, you know, here or there, or if I'm just really, really feeling it one day, I'll do my own little bit at home. But I, by no means, go to those really intense, I'm not going to name names, but you know the ones I'm talking about, really intense hit classes that make you slog yourself because they are just throwing your poor adrenals under the bus and your adrenals are so important for your um, whole body system, your energy, your kidneys, your liver, your brain health, your gut health. Your stress response and, and how much stress you have in your body is not just about your period. It is about your gut health as well. If you have really bad stress, you are going to get leaky gut and IBS and the, and even things like autoimmune issues. And that is going to then throw your hormones out of whack. That is going to get, then give you the bloating. That's going to give you a suppressed immune system. Every time you are stressed, your immune system is suppressed you know, stress causes leaky gut. Stress um, depletes your body of um, qi energy, spelled QI, um, which in Chinese medicine is um, all about your spleen. And it's really important for a healthy period and a healthy cycle. And if you are depleting your body of um, qi energy, then that's not helpful to your cycle, to your period, to your liver, to your brain, to your fertility All of these stuff, all of this stuff is so interrelated. So please, please consider listening to your body when – because I get a lot of messages actually from girls on Instagram being like, can you talk about exercise and like, should I be doing this and should I be doing that? And even some of my clients, a lot of my clients and a lot of women I know, they will have done the intermittent fasting. They will have done the high-intensity exercises and it worked for a while. They lost those five kilos and then they started gaining weight back and they couldn't shift it or their period started getting really heavy or they started getting adrenal fatigue, or something else started happening, and it's literally tied to this. So let's jump on to a quick note with intermittent fasting, shall we? Because the two are normally in a package deal when it comes to this whole trend right now with high-intensity exercise and intermittent fasting. Okay, so intermittent fasting. Basically, what intermittent fasting is, if you don't know what it is, also called IT, um, IT, I-F. Um, intermittent fasting is basically when you don't eat for about 14 to 16 hours. Now we sort of unintentionally do it when you have dinner to breakfast. Most people, majority of you will already be doing this without you even knowing it's basically like you stop eating at dinner time and then you wait till breakfast time. Like, don't eat in between. So let's say you have dinner at 7 o'clock. You'll finish dinner at 7.30 and then you will not eat until breakfast the next day, which is probably around 8 o'clock. And for some people, it's a little bit earlier, maybe have your dinner a little bit earlier. It's very beneficial for your digestive system to be leaving a good 12-hour gap between your meals literally because your your body needs to clean itself out. When you hear your stomach gurgling not rumbling, but gurgling. That is your gut cleaning. It's that. That is your intestine, sorry, not your gut. That is your intestines cleaning itself out. That's healthy. That's not you being hungry. That's it cleaning yourself out. So when you give yourself 12 hours every night to clean to clean out, to reset, very, very helpful for your digestion. Now, I unintentionally some days, majority of days, will do 14 to 15 hours of intermittent fast of, of, of like between breakfast and dinner. I don't count that as intermittent fasting. I say that's just normal. That's just like I eat dinner at 7 o'clock or 6.30, and then I won't normally eat breakfast until about 8:30. That is just normal, or sometimes more like 9:30, 10 o'clock. And it varies every day, and it's not a big deal because our bodies like variety. Now, intermittent fasting tends to be you stop dinner at you know 7:30 or whatever, and you won't eat until lunchtime the next day, and that can be two o'clock for some people. Now, a couple of notes here, and I will do a longer podcast on this because I don't want to go on too much and overwhelm you guys with information. Bottom line is, and I will actually do a more like scientific telling you guys why podcast very, very soon, bottom line is that is stressing your body out like fucking crazy it is stressing your adrenals out and it can cause hormonal havoc can be a key word i know some some of my friends actually they do intermittent fasting and for them it works really really well they have absolutely no problems with their period they have no problems with inflammation no problems with stress or anything like that and it works really well for them now i don't then mean this is going to work well for them forever they've been doing it for x amount of time and so far it's been working well great for them for me doesn't work well for a lot of my clients doesn't work well for a lot of women it doesn't work well reason being that it stresses our body out a lot and women need food we need food because otherwise our body is going to the stress response of famine so we start storing fat, and it can actually shut down ovulation as a protective mechanism because our bodies are like, we don't want to be having a baby right now. It's not safe for the baby, and it's not safe for us because our environment isn't safe enough safe enough for us to actually grow a human. So it shuts down ovulation, and it can wreak ha- wreak havoc on our cycle. And even if you have an an, an oh my god, this is the mouthful. Even if you have an an ovulatory cycle, which basically means for one cycle you didn't ovulate. That can cause estrogen dominance and fluid retention and everything, and ovulation pain and painful periods because if you have you've had that build up of estrogen, but you haven't ovulated to have the drop off. Okay, you haven't had that drop off of estrogen causing ovulation, and therefore you still have estrogen being recycled in your body. Bow bow not. What you want. So, another thing with also intermittent fasting is that um, it can slow down your thyroid, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But what was I actually going to mention before about it in terms of periods and our cycle? Um, I can't remember. But all the studies again done on intermittent fasting are done on men. We are very different. We do not like stress. Our body does not like stress. So, having Breakfast. You don't need to have a massive breakfast. I just have some scrambled eggs and kale. It's pretty light. I don't feel like overly full or anything after, because um, you know it's our first meal of the day, and we don't want to be dumping a whole pile of food on our digestive system and giving it a freaking like heart attack first thing in the morning. So I like to have a gentle breakfast, a supportive breakfast to my digestive system, a warm breakfast, which I'll talk about later in another episode, a warm breakfast, which is very important for your um, cycle. But by no means do I um, intentionally all the time intermittent fast. Sometimes I will, And it might be because I have a flight to catch and I want to eat before the flight and say, like, I need to leave my house at 12 o'clock So, and because the flight's at, like, you know, 2. But I don't want to have to pack lunch or I'm not really going to have time at the airport to pack lunch or I can't be bothered. So, therefore, I will just have a really, really big sort of brunchy thing. That's every once in a blue moon. that's not all the time same with on the weekends for example you might be out like night you might be out late on a saturday night but you've had something to eat at like 11 o'clock because you were out with friends or whatever you came home and had something to eat before you went to bed and then you don't have breakfast till 11 the next day or whatever because it's brunch time that's fine let's also remember on a weekend you tend to be less stressed if you're working your usual nine-to-five job if you have my job Every day is a weekday or every day is a weekend. I don't know. Either way. Um, So I don't tend to have like a chill um, weekend where I'm not stressed. My stress is kind of like the same every day. Um, But if you're someone that has a very relaxed Saturday morning and then you're chilling in bed, you're not slogging it out at the gym or something on Saturday morning, and so you have breakfast at 11 a.m., also less of a stress, it's less, you know, you don't need to be too worried, but it's this everyday intermittent fasting, everyday stressing your body out first thing in the morning. Oh, I do know what I was going to say. What I was going to say was that um, when you do intermittent fasting, a lot of women will be like, oh, but the energy I get is so fantastic. Okay, this is something I want you to just, if you're doing intermittent fasting, test this out next time you do it. When you are intermittent fasting, I picked this up for myself, you'll start to get this ginormous burst of energy mid-morning. Now, you think it's from, I don't know, you burning fat or the intermittent fasting or whatever, and maybe part of it could be. But if you actually really tune into your body, you will feel that it's this racingness, not anxiety. It's an energy coming from your chest. And it's called your adrenals. It's actually your adrenals have kicked in and you're now working off adrenaline. AKA Stressed stress response, fight or flight. Your body is like, let's fucking get away from this saber-toothed tiger. That is what's happening. It's not some energy from like I don't know your bulletproof coffee. I will say MCT oil does do wonders for my poo scenario and also for um my brain. Yes, but if I need that extra boost of energy, I will have MCT oil in my elixir in the morning with my eggs. I will not just have that. However, actually, in saying that, sometimes complete transparency here, and this is where it's important to know what you're doing with your body, right? Because then you can counterbalance. Sometimes, when I'm really tired, but I actually have a lot of work to do, I will purposely intermittent fast for the reason that I want the adrenaline rush, that I want my adrenals to kick into fire. No, it's not the most supportive thing, but I know that I have a shit ton of work to get done. And if I don't do this, I will be asleep and I will be tired and I will not have the energy to get through the day. So that is when I will purposely intermittent fast. However, I counterbalance it by having lots of healthy carbs, aka sweet potato and squash and pumpkin and parsnips and beetroot for dinner. Because those healthy um, Carbs counterbalance the stress from the morning because carbs help blunt your cortisol levels, which help for a supportive sleep, which will help regenerate myself selves and help counterbalance that stress response in the morning. So that's where knowing how to um, sort of quote unquote biohack and um, just understand what's going on is really important. So if you've had a stressful day. Counterbalancing kind of that by doing some yoga or meditation when you get home that night and then having sweet potato with your dinner and I don't mean half or a quarter of a sweet potato I mean like a whole sweet potato like load that shit on the plate one we all know it's fucking yummy and you want it and two I want you to have lots especially if you're on a grain-free diet like I am or like pretty low carb um besides veggies and like root veggies then you definitely want to be including these healthy sweet potatoes and pasta dips and beet treats and pumpkin and all those healthy carbs into, and if you live in America, oh, siete chips are the best things ever. The cassava flour, also healthy source of carbs. My God, I miss them. Um, I cannot wait to get my hands on them when I get to New York. Um, now I just want them so badly because now I'm thinking about them. Anyway, those siete chips in America are amazing. If you haven't, if you haven't had them before and you live there or if, um, you are going there make sure you get the Siete chips and the Siete like tortillas because they're all grain free made from cassava flour and they are amazing. And let's just use the, let's use the excuse of eating a whole packet of them as I'm balancing my cortisol levels. Let's just say that. Um But anyway, so that's a little note with intermittent fasting. And then of course, if you combine intermittent fasting with a great load of HIIT exercise, you probably figured out what that's going to do for your adrenals and how that's then going to affect your hormones. Um, so, oh, and let's just also jump on with adrenals. I'm going to tie a few things together. So when your body is pumping out cortisol and your adrenals are pumping out adrenaline and stuff, that is going to up-level your androgens. And then your, your androgens are your male hormones. So it's going to be more likely that you then get, um, what's it called, um, adrenal-related like PCOS where you can have like adrenal fatigue and that's what's called PCOS. Um, there's an actual name for it. I've had total mind-blowing. I'm so Sorry. Um, it's called, I think it might be called adrenal PCOS or adrenal dysregulation or something. It's something like that. Anyway, I can't remember the exact name. It's in my turning off your period problems program. I've had a complete mind blank, total human moment there. Um, doesn't sound very good of me to have that, but. I'm just being human. I don't have a million notes with me. I'm going off the top of my head. Um, So uh, yeah, you can upregulate your androgens, which is not going to be helpful for you if you have PCOS. It's also going to affect your insulin levels. Again, not something you want. It's going to affect you having too much testosterone even if you've got that PCOS issue. And of course, it's going to uh, increase estrogen dominance and lower your progesterone stores. And that's sort of what causes the hormonal havoc many different pathways of the way it can, and and of course, one other thing actually is that upregulation of the androgens is going to cause um, more of the hormonal acne, which you would have heard about in my um, previous episodes um, where I talked about hormonal acne. If you haven't listened to that one, make sure you go and listen to it because it explains a lot about acne, and even if you don't suffer from really bad hormonal acne, I would still recommend going to listen to it because it's just great knowledge to have, whether it's for your friends or your future daughter or your current daughter, I'd recommend listening to it because... Drugs are not the way to go, but turmeric is a good option. I love turmeric. Okay, I feel like I've talked a lot. I've done, whew, that's a pretty long podcast episode on just talking about exercise. I hope it wasn't too overwhelming for you guys. Okay, I'm going to do a quick recap. Oh, before I actually do a recap, I want to quickly mention that if you live in New York or anywhere nearby, or if you've got friends that live in New York, I would be really, 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 really grateful If you could please pass the message on about my talk in New York that I'm giving on 23rd November at Thinks um, in Soho because um, we're going to be talking all about period issues and how to get rid of your period issues. So if you know anybody that struggles with really horrendous periods, PCOS, endo, painful periods, heavy periods, all that jazz, please send um, them the tickets because I'd be really, truly bloody grateful um, because I would love, I'm manifesting for the event to be an absolute success. So quick recap, Um, too much exercise is a thing. Exercise puts stress on your body, which can cause hormonal havoc. You want to be doing um, the more intense exercise in the first half of your cycle, lower intensity stuff for no more than 30 minutes in the second half of your cycle. Please count naps as a form of exercise. If you feel like you're getting quite tired from exercising in the morning, I would try exercising in the afternoon. If What else was I saying? Um, if you feel that um, your exercise in the morning is making you very tired in the afternoon, or if you feel like um, you are depleted and exhausted after your workout, then that needs to be looked at because you are probably using way too much of your adrenals in the workout please listen to your body because hit exercise is not for everybody. Um, Intermittent fasting is definitely not for everybody. And this hormonal havoc that it can cause can either reverse the, um, the results that you've gotten down the track, or it will cause other issues down the track. Really monitoring the amount of inflammation that you have because exercise can lead to, too much exercise can lead to inflammation. Um, just being supportive of your body, ladies. Like remember that when you are exercising, that stress response, besides like yoga and stuff, that stress response is telling your body that you are running from a saber-toothed tiger, that there is danger, that you cannot have a baby, or it might not be safe for you to have a baby, or there is a famine. And that release of cortisol is going to store fat, not burn it. And that's why this understanding of the different phases of your cycle and how you should be exercising differently is really, really important. I might actually do a little um, PDF sheet For you ladies, and I'll put it on my website. So I will actually do that now that I've said it, I better do it. I'm actually gonna do that for you. So make sure that you click the link in the show notes and you'll be led to the printout, which will have a little sort of guide that you can pop um, somewhere in your bedroom or whatever as a reminder of the best exercises to be doing and the tips and tricks for that sort of stuff. Um, And you know what? I'll even put on there some of my favorite, like Pilates people on YouTube and stuff and yoga people so that you guys have full access to it and it's not even like you need to go and spend a lot of money up at the gym or going to yoga classes or whatever you can be really supportive oh and then the other thing is walking is the best form of cardio and you can do it at any phase your your cycle Okay, I feel like that is it. Oh, and the other thing is like if you have estrogen dominance, too much exercise or doing high intensity exercise in the first half of your cycle will actually backfire. So any amount of too much exercise with adrenal dominance will backfire. Um, and then with PCOS, remember that it's either before ovulation or after ovulation. That's when you know whether, whether you're either in the first half of your cycle or the second half of your cycle to then determine the um, exercise that you should be doing whoa okie dokie um i am going to go shower because i've just actually been at pilates myself which i love doing i love the burn and it's not an adrenal workout it's literally a workout for the muscles for the abs for the bum for the arms um i've been loving getting back into to my ski accident i'm going to record another episode on my ski accident actually while i'm on a roll with talking um and i will see you guys next time thank you so much for listening and have an amazing day Well, thank you again for tuning in and listening to my podcast. I hope that you got lots of nuggets out of today's show. Uh, Please, 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 I would be really grateful if you could leave me a review so that more women can find the podcast and therefore I can help more women understand their period and fix their period problems because after all, it's a much nicer life to live when we actually love our cycle because we do have to um, keep up with it every single month also if you have any friends or loved ones that you think enjoy my podcast I'd be super grateful if you could send it to them as well just to share the love and that's it for now so I will catch you on the flip side have an amazing day or night wherever you are